Welcome back to Thoughts and Prayers. Hey, homies. Hello. We have, Hi. A, we have a special guest with us today, Melly. Hi, Melly. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like an English and Scottish lady who um, is on Twitter.com and I think I've got consumption actually at the moment. Oh, so I've very, had to very, very British. I was about to say very British of you. I know. I was like really enjoying smoking my vape and I've had to just stop. I've had to stop doing anything like that because I've just if I if I need to start coughing, I'll like I'll go over to the side. Um oh you can cough on, on the pod. I'm on, my, on my fainting couch. Um so yeah, <laughs> I'll try to keep the coughing to a minimum. But yeah, I have a Victorian illness. I, I'm here in the UK. I'm very happy to be here with you guys. I've been talking to you on the chat room. Yeah. So ex- what's your um what's your pod and what's your at so people can find you? <laughs> um my pod is called Now Then, and um that's on Patreon. So it's patreon.com forward slash now then. Um now then's actually it's just a northern phrase. It's just like saying what it's like saying what's up, like the American phrase "what's up." Um, yeah, <laughs> but people are giving me shit because it was also Jimmy Savile's phrase. Oh, um, so like people racistly towards me, you know, think that it's got something to do with Jimmy Savile. I think it was made worse by the fact that my friend who I pod pod with sometimes um, kept referring to it as Jimmy Savile's phrase, but it's not. <laughs> It's just a, it's just a normal northern thing to say. Okay. Well, famous Satanist Jimmy Savile is not uh, is not any way not associated. the patron saying of now and then in any way. He's not associated, not affiliated. You we're also used a you also used a phrase in one of your posts recently uh, when you were doing Amy's makeup, who we friend of the, friend of the pod Amy, and you used the phrase dolls. Um, and our friend was like, is Melly trans? She looks so good. And we were like, no, she's not. I think, she, I think, and then KB explained to us that dolls is just a, also a UK ism. Not really. I'm just a bit dumb. And, <laughs> and, I, and then someone, someone replied being like, are you trans? I was, I was like, to be fair, I was thinking about just going along with it and saying, yeah, because then people are like amazed at, at how you look. They're like, Wow. I know it's our so friend funny. was like, she's, she's really, she's really passing. Really she's passing. <laughs> so now you've got to beat the Satanism allegations and the trans allegations. Wow. Don't think I'm going to make it. Well, I have a, I have a painting behind me right now. Cause I'm at a friend's place in the village that everyone keeps reading as I love Satan, but it, <laughs> it doesn't say that it means I want chicken satay. So <laughs> yeah. Cause I read it out. That's the first thing I noticed when we just, when I first came on just then and it says yeah said Ayan I thought it was something like I want the third right go yeah I thought it was some kind of (laughs) Melly's like Melly's like oh shit like who am I getting on this pod with (laughs) (laughs) um well what do you guys uh do you want to start with and sorry since I'm in the village you guys might hear some 
sounds of the city, some motorcycles, maybe some crackheads, but it's just just a New York ambiance for everyone. Um, do you want to start with the dare? Do you want to tell us your uh, your thing first? Me. Yeah. <laughs> da, uh, wait. Well, da. <laughs> the dare is the name of that guy who got who caused all that Twitter controversy, and then you had a you had something for us too. But we could start with the dare. The like pedophile. Yeah, the pedophile Im- imagery. Oh, the music thing. The music <laughs> thing. Yeah. Did you see the album cover? The one with like the like ginger school kids like sat on each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh I'll sh- I'll I'll show you guys so we can look at it while we talk about it. Um I will say to like not beat the pedophilic this is it that one. Right. Yeah. So I showed it to my friend and she was like what type of child porn is this? That was her immediate reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so what is uh do, do you do you see child pornography in that image cuz Twitter was very angry about it. Either either one, anyone can answer. <laughs> well, I'll say, I mean, first of all, it's not porn. And second of all, they're not children. No. So, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, it is like they are like what? They appear to be like very young teens or something. Yeah, and they are in like sex positions, but fully clothed. <laughs> it's just difficult to tell, though, isn't it? Because these days, that could just be like a thirty-year-old e-girl, like, and and, <laughs> totally. and, uh, and uh, a wall hitting e-girl, but like you wouldn't know because you can't even see the faces. So, if it is a you know, if it is a few fourteen-year-olds, then that's dodgy, I guess. But I don't think it is. I think they're probably almost my age. Like who cares? Yeah, I they're definitely I looked it up. They're def, the models are definitely they didn't give their ages, but well over 18. Um, but my friend was like, because I, I wanted to get someone who's not super online to comment on it, because I was like, everyone who's online has seen has already seen the discourse. And her immediate reaction was that they look very young. So I guess they're styled kind of young and not showing their faces kind of makes leaves it up to the <laughs> the viewers imagination. Yeah, and they've yeah, they've totally done that on purpose, but like so is the band called The Dare or is that the album name? Yeah, so The Dare, this guy, he had kind of a club hit last year. Um that's the video and I can play that for the listeners for a second. That's the one that Dasha's dancing oh, yeah. to. <laughs> oh yeah, I watched that little video there, but I meant I meant to um I was just making dinner before we started and I meant to listen to the songs before this. So I'm I, gonna you play know, you guys a couple songs. Have you have you heard them A, the songs? I I have heard the one in the like Dasha dancing video. All right, let's play a little bit of it for the for the listeners. I can't hear anything. Yeah, we met, you're dancing. <laughs> I was waiting there, and then you're dancing. I was like, okay. Okay, you guys can't hear it. All right, it's the song that's like, I like girls with cigarettes in the back <laughs> of the club. I'll just sing it for everyone. I like girls who like drugs. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. And the, the big line is, I like girls who make love, but I like girls who like to fuck. That's what's up. 
that's, that's, the, that's the big crescendo. That's no, like it's the... been, surely that's been out for a while because that, that, I saw that Dasha video a while ago or maybe I've just got no sense of time because when you're on the internet, like, you know, it could be yesterday, it could be a year ago. Yeah, no, that was, a, that was a while ago, like a year ago. But I guess what's... Okay, there's a few sketchy things about him. He was teaching at a school in the West Village until he signed to Taylor Swift's uh, oh my god! I know. So he was teaching adolescent girls until he <laughs> until he signed a Taylor Swift's record label, and he got signed because of that song because people were playing it at a bunch of nightclubs and shit in New York City. Um, wow! So people and he was he made that song while he was teaching, which I find incredible as someone <laughs> who's long worked in schools because I can't I can't believe that he was still employed. I can't, believe, I can't believe that basically he's on the epstein like deep state traject- <laughs> pedophile trajectory yeah it's i can't believe a- i can't believe that he could like be asked to like even write songs after like a grueling day at a school because like kids are so annoying and like if you spend any i've worked in schools as well if you spend any real time around kids firstly how could you be bothered to sexualize them and secondly you just be tired after your shift. You couldn't be bothered to make like a club, a club banger. Well, he was a permanent sub, so he was just doing like <laughs> he was just. Wait, <laughs> my friend's cracking up. So he was. Yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> so he was You're... just do... passing out the pack. A substitute teacher, you mean? Yes, yeah, substitute <laughs> right, teacher. <okay. laughs> so, so he was. <laughs> So he was just sort of passing out the the packets and shit. He wasn't really teaching. Um, and I, I would passing I would out ass- the cocaine. Yeah, I'm assuming if, if you do enough coke, you could probably record after after a hard day of teaching. Mm. I guess I wanted to talk about him because his album is called Indie Sleaze, and all the songs are kind of like songs that I remember being big when I was in college. So like 2007 mm. to 2000. And- 11 <laughs> I was like I'll, I'll, I've said my age a million times on here so um I'm 34 so like I I guess the album cover to me looks like an American Apparel ad which doesn't which isn't any defense for it because American Apparel was very rapey and porny in its imagery um it's honestly, kind of- they're like wearing more clothes than an American Apparel ad totally yeah but that's mm. kind of how they styled the models, like the American Apparel models, if you remember. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and and it's was, a, like a electronic, just like party jam, whatever, you know, like that's the vibe of this dude's music, I mm. guess. I just find it funny because like I'm finally old enough that like my party years can be looked back on nostalgically. Yeah, um, Q, you were saying that, yeah. The, yeah, like, and the that's... Fact that it's, it's and that was like to that. I know, and I was like peak indie sleaze, like my party years. Like all the music sounded like that. It was really trashy. The clothes were really trashy. American Apparel mm-hmm. had trashy, slutty clothes. They were ill-made. Um, they lasted like one, two washes. You know, really, because like <laughs> I loved when American Apparel was over here because all the other shops we had were rubbish, and that was the best, and that seemed really high quality and it was a lot more expensive than the other shops. So I always just saw that as like the only go-to place for stuff that didn't have like stupid patterns on it or like designer logos. 
And I still well, that was that was nice about it. I loved that it didn't have logos. And you probably took mm. better care of your clothes than like me, a teenage <laughs> boy, took care of his clothes. Like I washed them like once a month at most, you know. So wow, you were shopping at American Apparel as a teenage boy. That's so glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I recall, there was like a fair amount of shoplifting going on. <laughs> there was a lot of shoplifting. Um, it was easy to shoplift from there because the people who worked there. You know, they hired people who sort of looked like the models who were like preternaturally people. <laughs> yeah, retarded people who are really <laughs> who are really hot and really stoned. Um but yeah, so I just I guess I, I guess I just find it amusing because I'm like, I can't believe that I'm old enough now that like there's people are this album's trying to hint on some nostalgia. But mm. I don't know if anyone is really nostalgic for that era. I think they I think they probably are because because <laughs> like the 90s was a was a thing like a couple of years ago and then it always moves on to the next bit and at the time it seemed like preposterous for the 2000s to be the new thing because to me that was like two minutes ago because I brain damaged myself on like ketamine during that period of time in MDMA <laughs> um but like it absolutely has now been long enough because think about it there's like people there's people being born in like wait where are we now this people well I was gonna say the year 2000 but of course because that like that was it that was ages ago but there's like people who were born in like 2009 2010 who are adults now is that right or are we making that they're teenagers <laughs> yeah so like people born in 2000 and people born when I was in I college. mean the que- the question I'm asking you is there's people being born I just want you to agree and go yeah, yeah no, they're, they're definitely <laughs> there definitely are people being born they are teenagers now um I still I still work I still work with kids teenagers and they are um they are dressing like that again which is funny and I and I I go to a I work at like a very liberal area um so there's no dress code um so there's definitely the like no logo crop top tennis skirt thing is like back even for Mm. young teenagers um I mean, I think part of it also is they're just like selling it back to millennials, kind of, you know what I mean? Like we now we're like old and like parents (laughs) or whatever. And so it's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, those were the days like, you know, that's very lame. It it is. I'm I'm lapping it up, though. I'm lapping it up. It's (laughs) it's fine. Yeah, I just think it's yeah, I like um, I like the idea that it's like. I think one thing I think is funny about it is like, I guess we're always cycling through shit. And like, you know, I feel like that indie sleaze era was kind of like seconds before like the woke stuff really hit hard for the next like seven to eight years. Cause you could still be really politically incorrect. Like, you know. I mean, I feel like it was that like that in America, probably from what I've heard from you guys, but there was a definite in the UK, there was a definite dead space in between mm. the fun of indie sleaze and the woke stuff beginning just a sort of void that the only it was only filled with blurred lines by Robin Thicke and then that sort of <laughs> <laughs> you know prompted <laughs> off the woke thing I've just got a little I've got a little wikipedia that I'm just like anxiously holding um the wikipedia of indie sleaze to remind myself what it was like um and it's just talking about all the stuff that was going on then like lensless glasses i don't really remember that um mm. sheer oh. tops big belts tennis skirts um longer layered necklaces fedoras 
Balenciaga motorcycle bag, um, and then like Sky Ferreira, the Libertines, Arctic Monkeys, Hot Chip, um, Justice. Do you remember Justice? Totally. Did, were they were they a thing over there? Yeah. I remember I, when, we, you know, when the we said Justice, <laughs> but yeah, this the music definitely sounded like it's trying to sound like Justice a little bit. You called it Justice, okay? Yeah, we called it Justice, but I thought the music is very yeah. <laughs> they actually were from France, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So US they were just marketed just. to us as being called Justice. And then who, who else? Klaxons. You remember the the new rave thing that they tried to make happen, which didn't, and it was just them that did it. And yeah, totally. And MIA, I feel like was big during that time. Yeah, paper, MGMT, paper MGMT. Yeah, electric LCD sound system, Crystal Castles. That feels Crystal like two Castles. minutes ago to me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> They could release Electric Feel today, change nothing about it, and I think it would still be a hit, you know? Yeah, we would say that, though, wouldn't we? No, actually, <laughs> no, but I actually completely agree. I think I think the, yeah. I think no, the I younger ones wish that they had what we had because it was actually very void and empty when we were doing it, and it was, you know, I was just filled with longing for wishing I'd been around in the 90s, but then things have become even more pointless since then, so how much of... <laughs> How much of like a bleak and desolate landscape is that, that these young kids are actually looking to the indie sleaze period of time as being like rich and like of some kind of meaning? That just makes you want to shoot yourself in the head, doesn't it? It does. But I liked, I mean, I, I one thing I find nostalgic about it is I felt like it was very like anti-political. Like it was just, all the music was just like party music and artists weren't making any sort of political statements. You know, that was, they were like... I don't know. I went to a bunch of those shows. I went to MIA shows and I went to, what was that guy who did the, the, he mixed all the, oh my God, girl something. Girl talk. girl talk. I went to a bunch of girl talk shows and like everyone there was like, yeah, they were really sleazy, you know? Like I remember one time being on stage at girl talk and like the music ended and there was just like 17 girls, like basically begging to suck that guy's dick. It was like, I don't know. People were just, <laughs> I don't know. It was a, it was a messier time. And I don't, and I do feel like kids don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, I don't go out anymore really at all, but I do feel like kids are longing for that mess a little bit, even though it was totally, because they're also like trad and boring. And like, obviously now online, I'm being like, Oh, I'm like a, zero body count you know I'm just I'm just I'm just the Virgin Mary who just happens to stay in all the time but you know like it was a different time guys wasn't it it was a different time yeah people definitely fucked during indie sleaze I think I love that Calvin Harris song that I got love for you if you were born in the 80s (laughs) remember that do you remember that did that make it over there I do remember Calvin Harris and I do remember that song I also remember what's funny about Indie Sleaze is I felt like Indie Sleaze was sort of and we didn't call it that then but I felt like it was sort of like hearkening it was trying to be like the 80s a little bit like kind of kind of that like nihilistic uh, poppy dance everyone just wants to have fun so it's funny that ND Sleaze itself was even like referential to the yeah, 80s yeah <laughs> and you just made a good point that like it wasn't called I didn't know I was saying ND Sleaze because I didn't know if that was what it was called over there but as far as I was aware it didn't have a name it was just like no. um I don't think it had a name unless I'm forgetting but yeah I guess that they've just given it they've given it that name now did anyone any of you have a lomography camera 
did you get into lomography? <laughs> no, but I do remember when I was like in college and going out like a lot, there was like all those, it was so pre iPhone, but there was all those like, uh, there was like lots of like party blogs that people made, which were like on Tumblr and stuff. Um, so they were always like taking pictures of people at the, cl the clubs. And I remember, I do remember the lensless glasses. That was a thing. I remember people wearing glass. I wore glasses without lenses sometimes. I can't picture that. Oh, oh, so it just means like glasses without a prescription in them. Yeah, those like hip hipster, those like hipster glasses. We I, the only thing I remember anyone referring to those people as was hipsters. I don't remember people yeah. saying indie sleaze or anything like that. I still say hipster now just to refer to like anyone either annoying. Or actually, I used to say it to refer to anyone cool, and now I say it to refer to anyone who annoys me because I'm just <laughs> Victor Meldrew these days. Yeah. It was also the time where everyone, every man who was straight was a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I still live in a town like that, unfortunately. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, this is what I was saying about how, like, millennials are a pro like a real problem. Because the town I live in, it's just like, it's like Never Neverland. And the men are worse than the women and they're all like in bands and DJs and they're all called things like ghosts, like holiday ghost or like, actually that's, I think that's a real band that I know, but they've all, they've got like really twee, like silly names and, and they're all like coming up to 40 years old and they're still doing it. Yeah. Is what that over in New York? What? Well, I'm not a I'm not a cool New York person anymore, so I haven't gone out in a long time, but you know, hipster... I mean, I'm making it sound like I'm so old. Like I do go out sometimes, but like hipster, hipster fashion has definitely stayed. Like at least in the gay community, I do feel like at Metropolitan in Brooklyn, all the gay guys still wear like, you know, no logo shirts and like ball caps. And even if their hair is thinning underneath the ball caps, they still have them on and, you know. No. Converse, <laughs> Converse, Converse sneakers and things like that. What was your memories of Indie Sleaze, eh? Well, I mean, I think part of what characterized the era for me was like um, consuming so much alcohol that I didn't form very many memories. But <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. mean, American Apparel, it's just like a blur of like American Apparel, Parliament Light Cigarettes um for loco did you get for loco in the uk is that um because i've been over there a few times and like you can get these really massive cans of like yeah. watermelon like i every time I, i'm like a sucker for those things because i'd be like is it alcohol is it just juice and i kept seeing them everywhere and it's like huge cans of like i still i drank one but i didn't even know whether it was alcohol or not even then like is it yeah it was yes. alcohol and it was caffeinated it was like an alcoholic energy drink basically right. they, but they Amazing. outlawed the real i remember this happened mid-college because people i knew were buying like cases of it which is hilarious to buy a case of four loco but they outlawed <laughs> the full caffeine version because i guess people were having heart attacks literally <laughs> um but I, I i the funniest picture of me from that time is i'm driving a car <laughs> And I'm in a red tank top from American Apparel, and I have the bandana <laughs> tied around my head, and I'm holding a four loco. 
<laughs> while I'm driving. Um, at least like a- it'll make you look really skinny because they're like very, very big cans or are they all always big cans? They're huge, yeah. And what was fun about the Four loco when it was like still like the original formula is you could drink one of those and it was like having four vodka Red Bulls, you know? <laughs> I don't even, and it, and it tasted God awful. I don't even, I don't know what they put in it, but it tasted like, seriously, like it was just some chemical like runoff that they sold as in, like a beverage. I really liked it, to be honest, but <laughs> I just wasn't sure whether it was meant to be alcohol or not. I was like, this is too, this is too yummy, and it's making me very energetic. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I'm literally smoking an elf bar right now, which I feel like I'm smoking sunscreen, but... I am very um, jealous that you're smoking that it elf kind bar. Of, it kind of, uh, yeah, elf bars, I feel like, came out of Four loco. <laughs> it's like the flavor... <laughs> What's this one? This one is pineapple strawberry. That's like a four loco flavor. Um, yeah, I don't I hate saying like cultural trends are good or bad. So I'm not going to say that because that's stupid. I just find it amusing that our era is getting sort of a a little bit of a comeback, you know, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll dance to that. I like girls who like drugs. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll dance to that. <laughs> the one line in it that's funny that I was I was telling A before you got on is he does say, um, I like girls who have dicks. <laughs> and that would have been um a sh- that would not have been in 2008, you know? Like that wouldn't I mean, have been I feel like people would have sure? just been like, well, whatever. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, like- that much of like an issue, I guess, at that point. Yeah, no. I'm trying to think, like, because, you know, me and Amy were talking about the whole difference between autogynophiles and what's it called? HSTS. Yeah, um, the dolls. And I'm just thinking, because, like, yeah, the dolls, yeah. So the dolls are obviously, like, a really genuine thing that's always existed. So where were the dolls then? Was it just, what were they doing? What were they doing back in 2008? The where dolls were, were there... The dolls were definitely in a different around. scene. Yeah, they, they were just maybe... in like the gay village or something, like staying away from like the mainstream stuff. Yeah, they just weren't mainstream. I mean, I knew some, I knew some dolls back then, but it was less of like this. Like, I think what's sad about gender ideology is that like it's become so, um, it's become such an ideology, and people just if if a really effeminate gay man wanted to look like a woman and dance and even have tits and stuff like it wasn't this like big you know political statement it was just kind of like they were just having fun you know what I mean yeah. so and those people were those people were I think definitely around during indie sleaze at least in the gay scene um there were no it wasn't the same insistence about like these are women or you know like that it just wasn't like as much even a conversation it was just like yeah like we're just hanging out with people who like do this you know yeah Yeah. and it was maybe more acceptable to be a gay guy as well because as you say you know we're all just having fun and it was like a very non-political time like do you remember how uncool it was to care about politics in any way during that period of time it was very uncool it was very very uncool I mean I still had some friends yeah that was the beginning of the woke shit if it I mean at least, yeah, at par maybe towards the end of it or something. I feel like that was definitely starting to come into the picture. 
Yeah, but in the club scene or like party yeah. scene, no one wanted to talk about politics like at parties. Like I don't remember, you know what I mean? Like it was the one just thought you were such a loser. Like to be fair, in 2010, <laughs> 11, I started getting quite into cultural theory, like when all those riots were happening and I just studied it. But yeah, is that when the woke stuff started over there? Because I don't feel like that really hadn't started in the UK yet. We're a bit backward though. We're we're like a couple of years behind behind you. Well, you're like, like I just remember. I remember a few instances of like trying to throw parties or something, and then getting some like 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 a themed party or something, and then getting like kind of some backlash from people being like, "Whoa, like you can't do that." I don't want to get into specifics, but go, you know, go like, on, get like into specifics. Yeah. He's Come calling on. me. He's calling me out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm not pretending it wasn't because uh, I know what memory A is referring to, or at least one of them. But I don't. I mean, I don't think. Um, I agree. Like at my college, there was definitely like in the classes people were starting to talk about woke shit for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so like the ideology was certainly being formed, but I thought then like queer ideology and queer theory was like, I don't know. I thought it was going to be really radical. Like I kind of thought like, Oh, this is like a way to like fuck the system. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you want to wear makeup. It doesn't matter if you want to like put eyeliner on. It doesn't matter if you want to like wear lip gloss. Like anyone can do that. And like, that's cool. And then like, I it, thought it was, it was really like edgier. Yeah, it was like it was before like the military was like recruiting trans people and they were like NATO was like making, you know, trans in Ukraine or whatever. You know? <laughs> and yeah. I just didn't I didn't there was none of that. Like there was none of the non-binary stuff, which annoys me because it's like um, now to be part of like whatever it is, the queer community, you don't even have to like fuck people of the same sex, which is annoying because i'm like that's that's what you like <laughs> that's that should, that, yeah that's the whole point that's like, if the you're basics not, yeah if you're not fucking people of the same sex i'm kind of like why are you even what's the point you're just a, you could just be a straight person like you have access to that like go go do that you know so yeah. but i it was interesting how it it was interesting watching it get co-opted <laughs> by this like broader these like broader cultural institutions and now it's like yeah, it's like now it's like the CIA <laughs> is like recruiting trans uh, tra trans people specifically. And I, I do feel like I mean, we've we've talked on the pod and like A and I like differ on this, but I do feel like a lot of like the current face of like the trans movement is these like autogonophile type guys um, who would have in any other generation just essentially been cross-dressers. Um, they would have like worn their wives like you know or they yeah, would have been like nicking people's the... underwear off the washing lines yeah yeah Sorry. i get the distinction but i also just think it sort of doesn't fully account for the because there's also like um male or female to male trans and stuff oh they're the worst they're, they're the worst aren't they <laughs> well they were i mean like Again, like back then, like I remember I used to hang out with this drag troupe that was female to male trans guys. <laughs> yeah. And they were really like cool. And like they kind of, they sort of just were like really, 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 really butch lesbians. You know right, what okay. I mean? Yeah, that, sound, that sounds okay and quite fun. Yeah. So I remember people would like identify as like a stone butch. 
which I guess now all those people are being pushed into being trans men. But you were just like a dykey lesbian who liked to shave their her head and you had femme girlfriends and that was mm-hmm. your that was your thing, you know? Um, yeah. I don't remember. I it also, a lot of pe- it's like starts in or like it gets kind of. I feel like it was a lot of like online communities too, where specifically with the female to male trans people, that seemed to be a thing where like it was like happening a lot with people who were involved in Tumblr or whatever, like stuff like that. Like, or femme cells, sort of like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was, it wasn't, I I do, but I agree. There was definitely, like, I remember I tried to throw a party once where there was a, it was like right when iPhones came out and on the flyers for the party, there was a girl with headphones in. It was like a fake, it was like a drawing. It wasn't an actual model, but she had headphones in and then her iPhone was down the front of her pants. So she was like listening to the music and it was like a vibrator. And what? I like, I like printed off. Cool. I like printed. Yeah, I thought it was a cool image. And I printed off like 300 like flyers and I was like passing them out. And I got in like so much trouble at my college because they were like, this is sexualizing women. And like, what are you trying to suggest? It's going to happen at this party. And I was like, well, what's going to happen? at What happens at every party? People are going to get fucked up and they're gonna fuck and that's so, <laughs> that's that's so strange that's so strange like I feel like you're this is an obvious thing to say but your extremes over there are way more extreme Like I didn't even really come across much like feminist stuff until like 2012 2013 actually it just like it didn't I finished um I, w- I went to like an art school in Cornwall that was like my university I finished there in like 2008 and I swear to god I don't remember a single conversation that was ever like that like we we studied cultural theory and like Marxism and all this but even then I just don't remember like woke stuff coming into it either that or I was like so unreceptive that it just like went right over and I just didn't even notice it so. did you get into the identity politics stuff like uh, Judith Butler and I don't know who else like bell hooks and stuff like that that might no, have been years not later. really I've like yeah we didn't do any of that on, on my course at all the cultural theory stuff was more like I don't know I guess it was more like economic based stuff or just yeah, there was nothing like feminist in there. But I started reading some of that feminist stuff. Basically, I went from like 2000 and what was it? 2013 to maybe like 2015, 16. I just became a, a horrendous person, just like a really horrible feminist, like momentarily, just because I lived in Brighton. So I just got really brainwashed by these ideas and then came back out of it again. But it was never who I was in the first place. It was just it just became really big and just took over and being a woman when something benefits you when you think something benefits you you're obviously going to go along with it aren't you for at least a certain period of time I was actually a feminist studies major Uh, (laughs) so I was reading all that shit back then but you know it's funny because like Judith Butler was I thought like really like gender outlawed and stuff was like kind of cool because it wasn't I, her early books were cool, I thought. And then um, I remember when Me Too happened in Avita Ronell. You probably, Melly, don't know uh, about this. It was a minor American scandal, but 
she was this like queer theorist at NYU who I guess essentially sexually harassed one of her students. And then Judith Butler and all these feminists wrote this like open letter in defense of her. And that was when I remember realizing like, oh, they've become the establishment. You know what I mean? Like all of these like queer theorists that I thought were like cutting edge and like fucking shit up and like doing all that shit. And like, I remember a friend went to a, went to see Judith Butler talk and it was like incredible. Like she could like, you know, she was like quoting Foucault in French and she like spoke all these languages, obviously a very intelligent woman. But mm. when that happened and they released that open letter and all these names of all these queer theorists were defending this one of their own who had definitely done what, uh, what, what she was being accused of. I was like, oh, they've become the establishment now. They have the institutional power. And in that case they defended one of their own, but they were also at the same time pushing out anyone who thought differently than them. And that's when I think like, I really realized that was one of my turning points. I was like, oh shit, like they have the institutional power now. They're the big dogs and anyone who disagrees with them is is gone, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's why academia I think is crumbling into the, ocean you know yeah, dead, dead in the water yeah. i mean at this point i'm convinced judith butler was just like a cia asset basically <laughs> i mean married to this other prominent like political academic uh wendy brown i don't know i don't know oh, no, she's, they all... she's what she's related to that person married married yeah all right well, they became rich and powerful and they started acting like rich and powerful people do, which is just, um, but it's weird because they're, they turned around and began discriminating against <laughs> anyone who thought differently than them. And then it became people who were more on the right were uh, now, now the ones being sort of targeted, which was not how it started. Right. And then it's like, and that's why where I think this whole like edgy right wing thing happened. And now that's inches from being co-opted too. So oh, yeah. you know, that's and, that... and yeah, like oh sorry. No, that's it. Yeah, like when I was speaking to I was speaking to Nina Power as well, and just talking about like feminism and just she was she was talking about how now it's just a sort of corporate feminism, um, and it's nothing alike to the second wave, which was you know, didn't think any of the same ideas. And it wasn't just about like, I don't know, just like the things that it's about now. It just doesn't seem, yeah, it's just not the same thing as it was at that point. And it just seems kind of ridiculous. It's just like about buying dildos and like being happy with your yourself, being like in a lonely little pod. Yeah, the main thing about third wave, and I was like in college, right at like third wave was like, that they were all about breaking down the gender binary and that has been a disaster. Like what wave are we in now? Like the fourth wave then? Well, yeah, now the fourth wave is all these <laughs> based, all these based trannies like Andrea Longchu mm. writing about how they're no longer doing the like wrong body thing. They're just like, I want this and I should be able to have it. It's very capitalist. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like I can afford this neo vagina and I can afford this healthcare and I should have it. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, and it's like interesting because they've totally rejected the whole gender. Now it's like the fourth wave is like this like rejection of gender ideology. And it's like 
anyone can be a woman. So being a woman means nothing now. And that's, and that was bad for everyone. You know what I mean? And like, now it's like being a woman is just able to be bought Mm. in more ways than one. And that's, that's bad. I think. Totally. Something, something I just realized about though, which I meant to talk about with Amy and, and then I forgot um, was the other Amy, Amy Therese, um, and just some other people think, well, JK Rowling is another one. Something I don't get though is like some women be feeling extremely threatened by trans women. So obviously, like, you know, I'm not I'm not hot on the whole like autogynophile thing. I find the non-binary thing weird. I don't think people should be like, you know taking over womanhood in this way where it's just like I want to buy like a vagina and I I can be this but at the same time like I also don't understand how you would feel threatened as a woman because it's not threatening your own femininity in any way I don't really I don't really have an insight into that like I've noticed Amy Theresa on the timeline and I'm just a bit like it's not as if they're gonna like stop you from being a woman by doing this and it doesn't really yeah do you know what I'm saying? Like, have you? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, what do you think, A? I'm curious what you think about that. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm interested to hear your perspective on that because it's not, yeah, like it doesn't, because I always, that's how you encounter it a lot, right? Is almost as sort of a woman's issue, you know, like, because like with th- even things like bathroom laws or whatever, like, no one really men don't really care if some like trans man wants to come in the bathroom or whatever you know it's more like <laughs> and being concerned about tra- so yeah i don't know like I, I i not being a woman i don't know how i would feel about it but um yeah like personally i i guess yeah doesn't like someone a trans man existing doesn't really like threaten my masculinity or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like because obviously you know if if there was one of these horror horror style situations where there's like a quote-unquote autogynophile person um in the bathroom and they were being all like creepy and like looking you up and down and like like did you hear about um that sorority house in I want to say Alabama but god knows um I know I think I'm just thinking that because of the film yeah 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 but there was some sorority house where um a trans woman um, was wanting to move in there and it was just like a fat sort of like big built guy who's become become trans and what this person would do is be in the house and just be like staring at the girls the whole time apparently apparently is like had like a visible erection and sometimes was like touching himself um and then the girls have all like protest against it and said like they don't want him there so if there was a situation like that or you know someone who gives you bad vibes that's one thing and I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about what I mean is just the idea of like a pretty person like Amy you know like basic Chanel Amy um someone who is like very passing I don't find Amy's beauty and Amy's ability to pass as like in any way a threat to me and I don't that's the bit that I don't understand like I understand that you know the threat of being like scared of um like sharing spaces with with like people who you don't know what their intentions are but like like me and Amy went out on this night out and we made up this story that I was her mum um and like I, we were out on like a mother daughter night out and we like we were telling shopkeepers like this whole story of like oh yeah 
I had her when I was really young and I could have aborted her, but I decided to keep her. And I don't know, we, we were just having loads of fun. And like, she was getting a lot of attention. She's very attractive. She had blonde hair at the time, but I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't get it. Like it's two different things. And even if a trans person is really feminine, I just don't, maybe it's just the type of people who already feel insecure in their own femininity. So they think somehow they're going to, it's going to be like negated by this other type of person, like woman 2.0 coming in. I think it's less that. And I think it's, I think it's more women feeling like the erosion of the category is going to open the door to more things like the sorority house where people who are attracted to women are going to have access to these spaces. It's like kind of like the big case. I know Britain had a big case recently where they put, um, like a a recently transitioned trans woman who had raped two women into a female prison. Um, And I read all about Mm. it because I was like, is this really happening? And like, it is, it did really happen. Um, And I was like, that's, I think that sort of stuff, it's, it, it seems like right now it's an incredibly small issue in the sense it's like not this like mass thing, but I think people like Amy Therese and JK Rowling are worried that that's going to um become a bigger trend really normal yeah and And i can i I can yeah i can understand that and then i think the flip side of that is like these young teenage girls who are wanting to transition ftm and they're getting double mastectomies and they're doing things that are going to like affect their fertility for the rest of their life and it's like uh, and it's a it's been a huge at least in the U.S. it's been a huge explosion of that, and I think that that yeah. also I think that that also scares women because they're like you're making decisions that you have no idea how you're gonna feel about when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50. You know what I mean? Those are yeah. that's that's what I sense in like the most. That's what I'm sensing from some of those uh, those people. And to be fair, I guess like it's known that fashion designers and photographers and people who you know decide on who <clears throat> the famous models are they sometimes choose like trans women because the clothes just hang on them better you know they're skinnier they've not they're not as curvy they've got like more angular faces so I guess if you are a teenage girl like growing up and then you're seeing a lot of that and everyone's got fillers and everything's fake anyway maybe that is the kind of disconcerting situation to be in that's my yeah. read on it yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of kind of implications, I think, that people don't it, like even when when the conversations are happening, they're not even really like they're only kind of getting at it indirectly. But, yeah, it's like the erosion of these categories that have historically been very significant and, you know, like um uh, that the whole idea of like transhumanism or something where yeah you're just yeah. your body is just this sort of customizable thing and that it's, that's the material world and it's I, I don't know it's yeah so I think that is sort of the emotional core of the issue even when the conversations that are happening around it it might be kind of more on these like just yeah just on like a shallow like it seems sometimes like it's on a shallow basis um, Mm -hmm. but actually like do you guys follow um Brian Johnson on Instagram no he's like a he's like the owner of all these different apps um the one who started Venmo maybe he's very creepy he looks like 
um did you ever watch star trek next generation yeah um do you know yeah. do you know date do you know data yeah he looks like exactly like data but he's this um tech guy but he's basically did you, did you see the whole blood boy thing he's getting his um yes i've seen blood getting, boy yeah that's him <laughs> that's brian johnson oh um, wow okay, yeah, okay and he's a great follow on instagram and he yeah that just reminded me of him with the whole trans transhumanism thing just the upgrading your body it's all very very strange stuff i think what he's doing is the fear that like we're gonna move into this place where it's like all this stuff is like commodified and people are going to get further and further from their humanity and they're going to continue to alter their bodies in these like i don't know if you've heard of this is a i've looked this up too this is a real surgery on offer it's like gender nullification surgery yeah and like that, that and like that stuff is very scary where it's like to me it's like now you're not even saying i want to be a woman or i want to be a man i just don't want genitalia at all and I think that that stuff and like with the fact that like the birth rate is declining, I'm just like, I think people are kind of like, what is this trend where people are just going to be like cyborgs or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, like, no. um, yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the fear. I, I didn't get to listen to your episode with Amy yet, but I also felt like her critique of the person on Twitter that wanted to like have the breast milk was interesting. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to listen to your episode. You don't have to tell us everything because I want to hear it, but I like thought, I mean, I don't think Amy did great in the debate because she was a little bit wasted, but. Oh I, oh, I think she did. Like she kept saying to me that she didn't think she did that well, but I think she totally did. I think she was giving like Lily Savage and I feel like, um, it, I feel like when you're put up against someone who's like, like insane like that, I don't know, then it's not about winning because you're obviously not going to be able to say anything to that person because they're just going to shut you down because they believe in their own strange little world that's been enabled by everyone around them. And yeah, she was just, it was like a, a performance piece as far as I could see. So I yeah, that, I was thinking way. about this too, because I had thought about, I thought like, oh, she wasn't very good or whatever in the debate. But then actually when I thought about it more, her real mistake was admitting defeat that mm. you know like then that kind of you framed it but yeah like i mean that like little that fucker the other guy the breast <laughs> whatever, uh was such a clown i mean like there was no way to really lose the debate in that set you know what i mean i know i will, say, like... that amy, I will say the visual was stunning because amy like served cunt <laughs> for sure and she was in like yeah. a gorgeous dress and then that other i i can't even call that person a woman i'm sorry but was just like was like an age like that amy nominal call... naomi yeah amy kept calling him like uh agp ben shapiro which was funny <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I did think the visual, like looking at the video, it was like, so you could like kind of see like what Amy talks about, like the difference in like Amy and like his presentation. It was like such a, I don't know. It was just, it was, it, the visual was, was, was a performance piece for mm -hmm. sure. Amy and that like designer dress. And, like, yeah. And then like, like um, nominal Naomi like posted a video to YouTube and the title was something like, um, clout shark um, what is it clout shark demolished yeah drunk, yeah drunk clout shark demolished and then like i was saying to amy like look they were gonna write this as the title either way because they're just like an embarrassing like what is it? i is thought it actually was a good title but 
<laughs> but it's like very of that like sphere of people, isn't it? So they were obviously even if even if nominal Naomi whatever didn't win, then they still would have put that title anyway to make it seem like they did. So yeah. Well, nominal Naomi is yeah, a cloud. sloshed cloud shark. Oh, just sloshed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nominal Naomi's a cloud shark though, because like why if if this was if the whole thing of like producing breast milk was really just about like you know, they're the kid and like the family and all that stuff. Like you wouldn't put porn of yourself on the internet being milked like a cow. Cow Yeah, like the cow utter porn. Like you wouldn't do that. So it's like, it was funny that like Amy was called a clout shark. I'm like, you're the clout shark. You're the one who does cow milking porn. And it's like, like, it's almost like they don't want to like pass as well because um, that no, the nose, I don't know if this, I hope I'm not being anti-Semitic in any way, um, if they are Jewish or something, but like, I don't okay, know. Okay, A is Jewish, so we have a pass. <laughs> okay. We've got an um, anti-Semitic. And I love Jews, so hopefully that will go somewhere. <laughs> anyway, I should not keep digging myself in further. But basically, yeah. Um, I don't know, there's just a few things that they could have done to like look more feminine and they just decide not to, so... No, yeah. they're doing they're doing cow breast milk porn instead of spending the money to look more to look more feminine, which is what the goal should be, right? Like the whole goal should be passing, I think, like Amy does, you know. Yeah. So I like the mean girls. I like the theory of the mean girls esque like rules on like who's allowed to do it or not that you guys were talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> we did talk about that on the Amy episode. The dolls could do it. Um, let's switch topics though. What it, can you tell us about this guy that got fired from the podcast? Because we don't know about that, but we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, so there's this podcast that's called um you're supposed to call it like contra gentile, but I refuse to call it that. It's called contra gentiles. And it's um Grant. Have you are you friends with him? He's got what's his that? It's something like boob rejector. He's a gay guy. Yeah, he lives in Alaska. Oh my god. And, okay. Yeah. And um he does a podcast with this guy called Jeremy Cubus, I think you call it. Um, is he's a Hispanic guy who lives in Alaska. And he he was a university professor. Um, and he's got a photography studio called Mad Men Studios. Uh, he really reminds me of like the Latino Jeremy Clarkson. We've got this guy over here who's like, do you know who Jeremy Clarkson is? He does a show called Top Gear. Um, oh, we don't know any of these people, but <laughs> yeah, he's, ve- he's very, hear- he's very just like um, Jeremy Clarkson is like a sort of like dickhead dad who's just like he drives around in like a Mercedes and he's just like a bit of an asshole. But Jeremy Cuba seems a little bit like I don't know, he seems about this vibe and he's got this photography studio, but he somehow managed to blag his way into some like top job earning like I don't know, like over a hundred thousand dollars a year working for a Republican um candidate or like someone like that. Um, and he had this really high up job and then he was going on contra gentiles and he was like constantly just saying the n-word all the time and saying like divorce is worse than rape and um just like saying all this crazy stuff and I woke up in the mid like the middle of the night last night coughing and I read this article and it just brought me so much joy it was so wonderful and I need to read it and like a t- the takeaway that I've got from watching contra gentile listening to contra gentiles is like he would, this Jeremy guy would bring like loads of charcuterie. Like it's just, you know, just like stuff you just shouldn't be doing on a podcast. Like just eating loads of meat and cheese, like on air. 
Um, so much so that when I was reading the article, it's a bit, it's a bit of a rotund, rotund fella. Um, and in the article, it was making me hungry for charcuterie just looking at his picture because it just like brought it all back. I like Hugh's um, reaction. I'm just like no one, no one looks sexy eating charcuterie. It's like the one of the least sexy foods you can eat. You know. <laughs> my friend's laughing in the background it's very it's a very unsex just like trays of meats it's like yeah, yeah I wouldn't but, um, funny podcast choice so <laughs> his was his thing like being like he was like a based guy and he was like and he like got fired I guess for saying all that like right-wing stuff by this Republican is that kind of what happened yeah and he's saying stuff like um what else did he say Saying things like black people are genetically lazy or something. Oh, he um, was doing like race theory stuff. But like he said, his grandma is black, so therefore he can say it and it's fine. Um, and he just said all this stuff like if you get married, then um, you're basically consenting to sex whenever your husband wants, like from the, just all that type of stuff, you know, just all, you know. All this is, he, is he like a sincere whatever, or is is it just like? Edge lording, just like like he's trying to like say cra like crazy shit, you know. Well, it seems to me, like I said, like it, it seems like Jeremy Clarkson, who like it seems like a sort of boomer esque, like cards wearing mm. dad who he's got nine children, so it's also just a little bit irresponsible that he'd, <laughs> he'd like lose yeah. this really well paid job because you know, like. He's there just eating charcuterie while his nine kids are starving, possibly. Or, or maybe they will be. They'll have to share just one charcuterie platter <laughs> between them all. Um, but yeah, he's like, he does seem like a strange character. Like when I listened to the podcast, I was like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. But then now that I've read the article, I'm like, you know what? I'm on board. Like, I'm on, I want to I wanna listen to it again. So it's worked. Like it wasn't exactly the mainstream news. It was like Alaskan news that it was on. Um, have you ever listened to that podcast? I haven't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. I guess I will have to go watch this guy eat charcuterie and listen to it at least. <laughs> oh once. no, you don't, I don't. You don't get to watch it. That's the thing. Is like. Oh, he should start he, an OnlyFans. Maybe, yeah. He just yeah. like eats charcuterie and says the n word. Yeah, Someone that's basically what that. it does, but just on. <laughs> just to be able to hear him rather than see him. But yeah, it would be great if you could like see him do it as well. Um, We're thinking about starting a thoughts and prayers only fan. <laughs> really? It's $100,000 a month. That's our plan. <laughs> That's our plan. <laughs> if you're willing to pay the price, yeah, you'll get the product. If you're willing to pay the price so we can we can buy investment properties, uh, <laughs> we'll get naked on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> no, I was, yeah, I, it reminds, I guess it kind of seems like tangentially related to how everyone's mad at Taylor Swift for dating that guy, Matt Healy, who went on the, who went on that one pod. Um, did you hear about this, Melly? Well, I thought that because he was going out with FKA Twigs and I didn't realize they'd even broke up. And now he's with Taylor Swift. But did he go on the Adam Friedland show? Is that... Yeah. Right. He went on the Adam Friedland show and he made some like homophobic jokes and like Taylor's fan base is like freaking out about it. Um, and obviously he doesn't give a shit. He's like a rich, you know, guy. And Taylor Swift's he's like a red an... scare boy. Yeah. And Taylor Swift's like an evil like lizard person billionaire <laughs> so like you know like none of they're not being affected by it but i did like his response uh about how he was like 
no one is sitting at home like crying in the corner and then like their husband comes over and goes what's wrong and they were like oh it's just that podcast uh that 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 Adam Freeland show podcast it's just it's just devastated me and I, I liked his response because I, I think it's true it's like people act like saying shit on the internet like means so much and I guess in this case of this guy that you're talking about it does sound like he was a piece of shit so I have like really no sympathy for him but um, <laughs> I, I do think that I do think that like people should take what people say online like a lot less seriously personally yeah. generally speaking ridiculous like yeah just the 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 logic is oh they said something controversial therefore they're harming people and that's insane but yeah I kind of thought that guy, Maddie Healy guy was funny I had never heard of him until this happened but um I was just looking him up and there was like some video of him doing crowd work at a show and he was like you know repeat after me and he was like COVID isn't real or whatever. oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a total op i mean like i do think he's like an he's like he's like uh you know to get like the sort of like to get the opposition narrative into like the mainstream you know what i mean like i do feel like he's totally one of those people um but i liked what he said that one thing he said but yeah he's he also went on this tour where he was like making out with a bunch of girls and guys in the audience. Like he would like put, he would like uh, have someone, he would call someone up on stage. He would ask them if he could kiss them. They would always nod yes. And then he would kiss them and they would make out. And he did this with girls and guys at his shows, right? And there was, this is like maybe six months ago. And there was all this controversy because people were like, he's sexually assaulting people on stage. And it's like, all the videos were like, you know, the people who like are obsessed with him, like so excited to make out with him. It's gross, I think, to make out with like total strangers on stage. I'm not saying it's like what I would choose to do, but that was another point where he was like kind of like a anti-woke sort of, I don't know. God, like everything, everything's just so, uh, everything's just so lame in there. Cause like my mom went to a Gary Glitter concert when she was <laughs> younger. And like, I didn't hear this from my mom, but I heard this from someone else. At his concerts, he would literally point at the crowd and go, I want you and you and you and you and you to like 12, year, 12 13 year old girls. He would like sing this in his songs. It's like, that's the real, you know, that stuff, that was real. But like, this is just silly. It's like, of it's course, silly. like, of course his fans, of course, Matt, Matty Healy, which is a stupid name anyway. Of course, his fans are going to want to kiss him when they come on stage and they can always just not get on stage if they, he's not exactly the new Gary Glitter, is it? Like, look at look at him no it's like everything is like so defanged now it's like it's not even yeah that's what I thought was so funny about it and I was like he's like asking for verbal consent and getting it on stage <laughs> and people are like and people are like this guy's a, a sexual predator and I'm just like and then and then he got critiques because he's like how does he know these girls it was mostly girls he did some guys but they're like how does he know these girls are 18 so then he started asking for verbal consent and checking IDs on stage. <laughs> so there's videos of him looking at the IDs and then making out with these girls. And but even if even if he got their IDs, like 18 isn't acceptable to people these days anyway, is it? So like even if even if it did like Age even gap. if he did like get their ID then that it would still be seen as a pedo. And going back to what we were just saying about Jeremy and this this Matty guy of like going on podcasts or being like a public 
persona is like talking to an audience like it's not about like proving it's not supposed to be about like proving that you're a good person like it's called entertainment and you're allowed to be a bad person being a bad person is funny and you don't need to like go on some weird moral crusade it's like I only listened to a bit of Contra Gentiles but now I've read that Alaskan media article I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna really I don't know it's like really sold it to me I'm like yes I need some more of this Alan Partridge style content from Jeremy Kubis I don't really care whether he's a nice person or not it just sounds funny to me and who wants to listen to a podcast that's just people going in a circle like saying the most politically correct things that's not very funny or interesting um that's kind of like I, you guys I know maybe I know A did not watch it and probably you didn't need either Melly but in the news the new reboot of Sex in the City uh carries on a podcast and that podcast oh my god guess what I have watched it you have watched have it watched so you remember it. how that podcast was just like it was like beep, 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 beep. you just did a sexism and they yeah, like talk yeah, about yeah. sex like that's like yeah. what the podcast was and I'm like wow these people have never listened to a podcast first off and I'm like, who would want to listen to that podcast where it's like the me, whole, me, <laughs> the, whole, the whole podcast wait, is just getting what was it called? What was the podcast called? Because like, wait, because was the show Carrie's called? podcast or she's a guest on the she's podcast. like a, she's a regular on this podcast and she's like the straight straight white woman on the podcast. And it's run by a non binary they them. Are you um, serious? By yeah, the way, this is, this is Carrie's yeah. new job, but she doesn't need to work it's, anymore because Mr. Big died and she has like a hundred million dollars now. Yeah, because uh, like basically the reason why I've seen it is because I was on a flight over to New York and it's the perfect time to watch that. And I watched loads of episodes. Have you seen the episode where Carrie is in bed and like can't get up and she's being looked after by Miranda? <laughs> and Miranda has like some weird... <laughs> lunchtime sex with what is it Shay the non-binary yeah Miranda they they they, they them whatever they are yeah Miranda gets fingered by Che and Carrie is awake (laughs) but she doesn't want to say anything and she's trying to pee in this bottle and she ends up peeing all over the bed it was a very weird crazy and it was like (laughs) it, it was one of those things where like I felt so conscious that people were walking down the aisle like watching me watching it I was I was really embarrassed but Great series, honestly. It's called And Just Like That. Yeah, because after Big dies. Um, I have some big news big for the section. listeners. I just read this breaking news, breaking, breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. Um, <laughs> sound effects. Uh, Kim Cattrall is going to be back in the new season. She caved. Really? Yeah, Samantha's coming back. And Samantha was the only thing about that show that was interesting because Samantha was always the politically incorrect one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She yeah. was always She was always the one who was saying stuff like, you know, like uh, like the stuff that like the other women would like bristle at. You know what I mean? Yeah. A big black dick. Yeah, <laughs> she would say stuff like that. She would. She'd be like, yeah. Oh, a our one listener who thirsts after you is gonna like hearing you say big black dick. But yeah, like she would always she would always say stuff like that, and that was like what people thought was like funny about her. You know. I can't um, believe like she's gonna be coming back because I can't believe I didn't know that because I'm a huge fan. I it's even just, like it's the just films. it's just popping up in my Twitter notifications right now. So I even like the do you know the film where they go to where, where did they go Saudi Arabia or like Ab- Abu Dhabi? <laughs> Abu Dhabi, yeah, I loved it. Lawrence yeah. of Malabia. i like the scene too in that movie where samantha spills the condoms out and she starts screaming at all the women in hijabs 
I have sex. I get <laughs> fucked in my pussy. <laughs> She's screaming at all these like hijabed Muslim women. I should have remembered it wrong. Or is it like a dance routine that happens? There was a dance routine, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but people thought that movie was so offensive. But that was funny. That was really funny, I thought. When it comes out, um, when the new, if it's going to be, God, they're all going to have like, they're all going to look like corpses with just the most horrific plastic surgery, aren't they? If they're doing like a new series, a new series of like Sex and the City. How old are they all going to be by this point? They're almost Very 60, old. but in my in my opinion, they should keep doing the show until all the actresses die of natural causes. Mm. Like I'm ready for like season 86. <laughs> we should we should talk about it when it comes back out. Actually, yeah. okay, who do you both think? Have you A, have you seen Sex and the City? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just okay. dropped my Samantha impersonation. Oh yeah, but like I thought that you just made that up on the spot. But I guess even <laughs> to do that, you would have had to have known some. I, have, I haven't watched whatever this latest version is. But I, I, I mean, I have to say, I even saw Sex and the City two, the film. So that's crazy. You're a, you're a wife guy. Um, were you going to ask us who we think you yeah, are? I was going. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> we can ask that too. Okay, yeah, do that one first. <laughs> I think you're giving you're kind of giving some uh Carrie vibes, I would say. You're you have a you're funny and have a fun personality. I, I bet you'd be a good writer. Um oh, nice. so I, I I would go with Carrie for you, probably. I always thought it was more Miranda, but what I was actually gonna ask you is is which boyfriend did you think was the best? Like which which boyfriend did you think was the best guy out of all of them? Well, contra- was, like, big and there was the that Chad guy. The... Yeah, Aiden. I liked Aiden. Yeah, yeah, Aiden. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I can see you nicest. being an Aiden guy. Aiden's the nicest, but I think Big was like clearly like the biggest like husband material. You mm. know, like he's the one who's giving like he's giving like Protected. steward. He's giving Protected. like father. I also yeah. thought the fre- I also thought the French guy that slaps her in the ep- in that episode was hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when she goes over to Paris, then she gets like domestic violence. Yeah, that. and that that that, that yeah, I remember thinking he was hot too. But that was <laughs> you're you're sick. I'm sorry, <laughs> but she made the right choice. She left, such a she left French that guy. Move. What? Sorry, slapping someone is such a French move. Yeah, mm. he slaps her and she leaves him, and then Big saves her. So, but yeah, I would probably go with Big. I mean, I would want the money. Yeah, my... same. Yeah, big. but I, I didn't like Aiden. I didn't like Aiden at all. Sorry. Aiden. Oh, really? Yeah. He like, you know, he wouldn't accept her. It kind of, you know, it somewhat reminds me of my ex who I was with for 10 years. Not in every way, but just in some ways, just in like certain judgmental qualities. I mean, I like, haven't what's... seen like every episode of the show or anything. So I only got like, you know, like I can like picture each guy for sure. That dude, Steve has to be the worst, right? Well, he gets, he gets, he gets cucked by the non-binary in the new. Oh, uh, God. (laughs) Yeah. He gets really cucked by the non-binary in the new season. Mm -hmm. And uh, Miranda leaves him for the they, the the they, them. So. But big to me just seems like a poor man's Don Draper or something. Yeah, (laughs) that, that is, that is what he is. And like, I just remember, I just think that like, 
yeah, if I were actually Carrie and I had access to like a guy who had that type of money, I would want that lifestyle that he's able to provide. <laughs> so you can't get over, you can't totally discount the provider. And like Aiden's like a woodworking guy. I feel like that would get kind of tiring at a certain point. Oh, he's so, yeah, he gets so annoying. He's just always being so like wholesome and just. <laughs> clearly buys his like toiletries from Aesop and he's just really snobby. Yeah, he didn't like that she was like trashy. Like that was annoying. Like that's that's who Carrie is. Like Carrie's a little trashy. She smokes, she curses, you know. Um, and Aiden was always trying to get her to be a little more of a late lady. I kind of like the ugly bald guy that um Charlotte is with. He's nice too. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's sweet too. That's that he's actually probably the best like example of like an actual husband. The other thing too, A, in the new season is they do trans Charlotte's daughter. Oh Lord. Mm. Charlotte's oh, yeah, daughter. Oh yeah, because she's called Rose and she wants to be called Rock. Is that she right? wants to be called Rock, oh. yeah. So that's like a big and the school actually find the school actually fi uh, finds out first and Charlotte finds out last. So that was really funny. Like the teachers at school knew first. I was gonna bring. Uh, we're we're getting to the close to the end of our time. But yeah, I was gonna, you gotta jump off here in a second. I was gonna bring a quick, just quick thoughts on Al Pacino and Robert De Niro both having kids this this year. Final thoughts. Um, <laughs> what do you yeah, think do you about see it? My, do you see? Do you see my tweet? I said, no. um, "Next up, Joe Pesci um, knocks, knocks me up." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then yeah the 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 gen x guy that i'm seeing got really mad at that and was like <laughs> delete this i'm just terrified my dad's gonna get some ideas because i went out with him recently and he was like you know robert de niro just had a kid at 79 <laughs> and my dad had like a whole second family in his 50s and i'm like dad oh yeah you were saying about the twinkle in the eye dad yeah i was like dad you gotta stop at a certain point you can't just keep impregnating <laughs> younger women anyway I don't know. My thoughts on it where I think it's funny and like I kind of think like the women made out like bandits in both those cases because those guys are hope gonna be the, hope the children are okay is all I'm saying. I hope the children are okay and I hope the women get huge inheritances and all that. <laughs> yeah. Because Al Pacino is like really isn't he 82? I mean, yeah, if you if you can find someone who's down, go for it. You know, whatever. It's also not not to get graphic, but like you know, the ability to maintain an erection really starts becoming <laughs> difficult, you know, from like a certain age onwards. So I'm surprised that an 82 two year old could even just fully see it through. So good on him. Yeah, good for them. All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up. Thanks, Melly, for coming on. We really appreciate talking with you. We will absolutely. I am absolutely going to force A to have you back so we can talk about and, and just like that when it happens. That'll be fun. That'll be so great. And you have to come onto my podcast as well. I'm down anytime. Come to my degenerate universe. I'm down anytime. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Melly. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.